Good afternoon and welcome to Fatty Recovery. Hello, boys. Good afternoon. And I understand before we start, there is a very pressing question. Yeah. Regarding potato, potatoes. A vegetable. Yeah, we want, yeah. What is a, a potato? Is it a vegetable? Well, it's a potato, well, isn't well, it? It, it yeah. says on here, now we've established that a potato is in fact botanically vegetable, we can confirm they also belong to the carbohydrate group, one of the three main macronutrients in our diet. Vegetable What's that? The potato verification board? Yeah. That's uh, vegetable verification. Is, right, mm-hmm. let's a very reliable source. Bird's eye. Oh dear <laughs> me. Yeah, and I'm sure lots of potatoes go into the breadcrumbs of those fish fingers. Mm-hmm. A lot of ballast in starch and carbohydrate. Anyway, how was our week? It's been <laughs> really good. It's been wonderful, amazing, great. <laughs> I just can't remember. Can you actually think... quantify why? You I just can't I remember. I need to think about this question before I come in, and I because I, I, I always get confused about what have I done this week. It's probably the same old stuff, isn't it? Like gym and volunteering and meetings, and it doesn't matter if it is the same old stuff. Of course, yeah, it I know, but I don't know. Repetition is invaluable. Are you happy through doing said things? Yeah, I'm happy doing said things. Yeah. Although I did wake up this morning and yesterday morning and it's like groggy and I don't understand why and I, I want to know why. Morning groggy, Because it's like once I'm up and I'm I'm about my business. There's day. all sorts of reasons why that can happen. I wouldn't put any great stock in it. I ain't having it though. Changing the weather can make yeah. that. Happen. I had a beast leg session, bro. I think that's why I felt groggy this morning, man. I have one today. I've done that this morning. It's going to hurt tomorrow, man. You know what it hurts the day after? The day after It's nice, that. though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a nice day, though, isn't it? Sounds like we've had a good enough week. And really, Ronnie, the repetition thing's really important. Because actually, yeah. when we start off on this recovery journey, we don't necessarily contextualise or understand why those slogans and aphorisms are all over the wall and why people keep saying the same thing mm. in meetings. It's not because they're parrots, it's because there's a handful of simple premises that work. Yeah. Keep it simple, keep coming back. Mm. I mean, they're so obvious, but that obviousness has a place in recovery. And while they, I suppose you could say they're cliches, they have a place in recovery. Yeah. And following routine, as we've said countless times before on here, is vital. Because if you don't follow a routine, what do you do? You're going to come in like a whirling dervish saying, I've had a great week, I don't know what I'm doing, I haven't slept for three nights. Yeah. Because I've been playing my video game again. I didn't go to the gym, I was going to go to the gym, and I was going to go and do this, but I didn't do it. And then I had to do this, and I didn't go on time. That's what comes if we don't repeat the obvious. Definitely time for video games, though. I was thinking about that, the recovery video game. Yeah. Where normies, to play it, they have to be an alcoholic or an addict. So they have to go through the game and, and specifically their objective is to alienate all their friends, mm. upset everyone around <laughs> them, get in various spats with the police and other people in public, get done for an ASBO, lose their house and everything in it, end up homeless. So they get the full experience. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Sims. Yeah, it'd be like, like Sims, Sims. But for normal people. Yeah. And then I think where we'd struggle is as alcoholics and addicts we have to impersonate a, a normie going around doing normal things and think of it refusing a second drink because you've got to go to work early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go out that would be a place. key dramatic moment wouldn't it refusing a second drink no 
If it was VR, I would fail every time. No, thank you. Of course, the whole thing would be really quite damaging because <laughs> no. it would probably make people relapse. <laughs> but no, thank you, sir. I'm fine with a crack. The first drink would be like a double Black Russian, triple Black Russian. Then, if I could only have one drink. What's a Black Russian? Vodka, Kahlua. What's um, Kahlua? It's like Tia Maria. Uh. I don't know what Tia Maria is, but it's, it's nice. Vodka. We should be giving the, recipes for no, vodka. Yeah. No, we shouldn't. But the idea that an alku would impersonate a normie or that a normie would impersonate a, a crackhead. Mm. It's never going to work, is it? And the reason why it's not going to work is because we don't really understand them and they don't really understand us. Mm. I had a bloke come in, a, a new guy, come into a meeting last night and he just said, no one understands me. Right. And, and one of the old guard just said to him, we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just don't realise it yet. Nobody in your life understands you because nobody understands what's happening in your head. Nobody on the outside world. Whereas we understand what happens in your head and that's why we're here and that's why you need to be here. Mm. And Mm. to be fair to him, he he seemed to take quite a lot in. Although he'd ordered his taxi, so he had to go before the end. Never mind. Anyway, what have you got for us at this strange time of recording because this is not our normal time it's put me slightly out of sync this what have we got ronnie today's uk drug strategy overhaul i can do one of those for you if you want the news at 10 do you remember uk drug strategy overhaul to focus on recovery not prison so obviously the Again, it's something that they're, they're looking at doing, isn't it? So it's like, let, let's focus on... Where's the strategy coming from? It's in the BBC News, and it says the government will announce a new drug strategy on Monday. That's today. This was written on the... <laughs> this was written a while back. But, yeah, it says that's what the government's trying to do. Because remember last time we spoke about... Go on, go on. When was it written? When was it written? When was it written? December 21. 21. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, okay. I thought you were going to say like years ago. No, 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 December 21. We can read it and we can see what they've implemented on it, can't we, and see if they've actually put it into practice. But the government will announce a new drugs strategy on Monday, overhauling the drug recovery and treatment system the BBC has learned. The announcement is effective to place 700 million over three years to tackle for drugs. It's that old. Redefining uh, parameters with funding. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean it's being increased. Yeah. The key is, are they actually following any of the recommendations made in the Carol Black report? Now, to say we're going to look at recovery, not punishment, Mm -hmm. yes, but it has to be followed through. Of course it does, yeah. And because it was done in December 21, do we think it has been followed through? Well, to be fair, it takes a while for legislation to go through, Mm. doesn't it? I think it would be beneficial definitely to be consistent with it, not just say that we're going to give you a time limit of this much, you've got to get this, this and this, otherwise we're not funding it again, because it just doesn't work like that, does it? No, of course. It's like people relapse, people fall off the wagon, people get back on, but there's no quick fix, there's no guarantee. You're not like, yeah, look, he's cured now. You've really got to consistently keep doing this stuff. Not yes. just say, here's a two-year limit and your funding's this much. Yeah. It's got to be set in stone, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, when they implement a new law and it's set in stone and it, and it stays there for many decades and stuff, it's the same with a policy that they're going to bring out. Like you say, it's going to last just a couple of years. It should be there forever and mould into the system and mould into shape so it, it will no sort of deadline two yeah. year deadline just like a sort of review it again in two years yeah. 
Do you know? Because the minute you do that, you're setting it up to fail anyway. Because you can say after two years, oh well, this obviously hasn't worked. Yeah, yeah, of course. It takes a long, 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 long time. Long time, to, man. To it needs to be run by people that are potentially addicts or, or services with. I, mean, I think funding more charitable organisations so they can increase their capacity of participants. It would make sense to fund more treatment yeah. places, full stop, because the biggest thing about this, putting aside the legislation, whatever goes in on the white paper, is that there actually needs to be a change in culture in that the usual response and the usual reportage is about how we're punishing these people, not how we are treating these people. And it's in line with what the media publishes and in line with what the courts are empowered to do. If there's legislation in place whereby in court a judge can actually say, I recommend treatment, not punishment, mm. then whoa, that something's happened there. But if that's not there, then people are consistently landing in the dock. Mm -hmm. If the treatment option isn't there, then they're going to end up being punished anyway. Yeah. This could very fad. easily be just a fad, whereby it's, oh, look at us, we're, we're looking doing at treatment, something. not at punishment. This is what's worked in these other countries. We're doing it now as well. Mm -hmm. And let's make a big show of it for two or three years, yeah. then put it under the carpet mm -hmm. and fuck it, we'll get rid of it in a while. I suppose time will tell, isn't it? It's hard to definitely have any sort of hopeful view on this sort of stuff considering what we have been looking at the past few weeks of the inconsistency yeah. of the media you know we'll do this we'll do that these guys are pricks he's a dickhead do you know what I mean and all of this inconsistency within the media mm -hmm. it's hard to actually be like they might do something here because they might yeah but then again they might not they might be doing exactly that and brushing it under the carpet. Look, mm -hmm. we're doing something, but reality is we're not really doing much. Obviously, it's a massive issue. A lot of it is about access to treatment. And yeah. access to treatment is becoming problematic because service providers are finding it difficult to finance doing what they do, when as such it's becoming something that costs. Mm -hmm. And that is prohibitive in itself because people who drink and use to the point of becoming homeless are not in a position to stump up any money to mm -hmm. go in. Oh, of course not. And it's um, also based on fear. I don't want to go there because I'll do it after this. I'll do it after yeah. this. I'll do it after this. Yeah, and I'll then do, bang, yeah, you're yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what and I mean? The reality is whatever they say in this legislation, somehow the means towards getting people into treatment has got to be improved because there's a lot of people not accessing treatment 100%. or who aren't able to access treatment. And like you say, Matt, this funding service providers making sure Massive. there are charity beds Massive. but this goes into something that's not been popular for a long time because it would mean that there'd have to be funding available with regard to healthcare whereas what we've had for the last 10-12 years is the reduction of funding with regard to healthcare which came to a head over Covid and because we've got that going on it's all very well to say we're going to look at recovery not at punishment how you can look at recovery, not yeah. punishment. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's yeah. a soundbite, and it's a very good soundbite. Yeah. But what are you going to do to be able to do that? I was thinking that, like, we're going to look at recovery. Mate, people have been looking at recovery for years. Yeah. Yeah? People know recovery. People are shit up on recovery. 
especially the we're, recovering but, but, addicts. But, but we're going to look at it. You know what we were saying earlier about how ties into that? The normies trying to live the life of an addict or an addict yeah. trying to understand. It ain't going to work. And then again, they've got this guy that's saying alcohol is worse than this, 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 and this. Oh, sack him. How are they going to come to some sort of conclusion? We're going to look at recovery. Yeah, well done. How about funding people that have been looking at recovery and doing recovery for the past 50 years, however long charitable organisations or... I suppose there's also the temptation to think that this is a growth industry, there's money in this. Yeah, well, of course Therefore, it doesn't need to be handled by charities, they can sink or swim. Then we've got these posh treatment centres and they'll do everything. Mm-hmm. And they'll make sure that they keep um, coming back. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, keep like, like, a, like a pharmaceutical Oh, yeah, like the you know yearly I mean? trip to the primary. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, yeah. Now, the thing that worries me about that is that it's a slogan. It's a soundbite. It's ideal for a politician to stand up, yeah. put the ballot box or stand up in mm-hmm, Parliament mm-hmm. or on the television and say, now we're looking at recovery, not punishment. And, of course, in that short interview, there's not really time for them to explain what they're going to do. They could still be very creative about funding and divert that funding towards places that are already providing treatment. Because yeah. if you did that, a rehab like Changes, for example, would be able to expand. Mm-hmm. And could probably do it far more cost effectively than something set up by the government. But is that going to happen? We don't know. All I know from that is that there's going to be a big set of talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And it will be on the telly, and it will be on the radio, and it will be on and none Facebook. none of them are addicts, do you know what I mean? None of them yeah. are. And if they are, they don't really talk about but it. But it horrifies me to think of what are they going to do when they look at the numbers. Because we know that you put ten people into a treatment cycle, one of them will stay clean and sober long term. Mm-hmm. But the other nine, three or four of them will keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, and then hopefully get them. Mm-hmm. A couple of them will disappear and no one will know where they've gone. No, realistically, it's not a big gain in terms of success rate. However, it's quantifiable in terms of what you're doing. And in terms of cost, this is in the report, is it costs far, far more to put someone in prison than it does to treat them. Yeah. So, you said it there, man, you know, the success rate isn't high. So it needs a bit more looking at. It needs a bit more funding regarding how it's being delivered or at least trying new things because clearly one person is going to resonate with it the other nine might not i'm not saying it doesn't work because it does clearly there's three of us sat in here it has worked or at least i feel better than i ever have and that's not solely because of a treatment center that's because i do stuff outside of the treatment center but the treatment center gives you access a detox as well say everything i mean all of it i think with the statistics of one make it's yes the others may relapse but eventually those of us that did relapse out of those 10 will eventually get it i think it's important to say that they don't always get it first time but eventually they do get it um, it's not results based though yeah. you can't results based no rehab no 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 because it's not something that will respond to just saying we're going to get x people better because that isn't going to happen no, no. it's not like doing school tests no it's if not it, like training people yeah. to do certain jobs it's not like trying to improve efficiency within a business. Mm-hmm. People aren't machines. It's, it's delivery with a humanistic approach, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just, look, we've got a load of goldfish here, feed them some shit. Yeah. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. But you do accept that you're never always going to succeed, and that's part of healthcare anyway, yeah. because there's an awful lot of healthcare conditions that they can't do anything about and manage. 
But the real issue with putting recovery first rather than punishment is that that recovery process is open to anyone and it's not restricted because you haven't got, what, X thousand pounds to get into the rehab. You can always go to a form of treatment. And even if you end up going 10 times, you can go. Whereas if the emphasis is on punishment, then you don't mm -hmm. go at all. How many people recover isn't really the issue at the end of the day. The issue is, are we actually going to approach this from a humanitarian point of view? Mm -hmm. Or are we just going to look at this as an inconvenience and chuck a few more addicts in prison and take away a few more driving licenses from alcoholics yeah. and then brand them and not let them get passports, turn yes. them into a subclass yeah. and pretend they don't exist and they can all go in those disused council estates and we're clearing them out. Where's that going to go? You know? That's but the not in my backyard yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll all come on top in the end. If well, you're going to do this, it's, it's like it, it mystifies me when I hear people saying, oh, it's self-inflicted, oh, it's deliberate. I remember saying to someone the other night, I said, yeah, I deliberately lost my house and everything in it. I thought it'd be quite fun. Mm. <laughs> it was I speechless. Mean, it's not deliberate, but it is self-inflicted. But it most certainly isn't what you want to do, is it? To explaining the concept of powerlessness to a non-alcoholic is incredibly difficult. Yeah, man. Unless there's someone close enough to you whereby you can say, think how powerless you are when I drink. That's how I explained it to the yeah, people that I could explain it to, was you can't stop me picking a drink up once I've started. You can do anything, you can try anything, you can lock me up, you can chain me to a radiator, whatever you try and do, it will not work. And that's powerlessness. And the real issue with addiction is, are we going to concede that we have a problem here that we need to address, or are we just gonna punish these people and pretend the problem doesn't exist? Well, it's clear what the ethos is right now. The reality is, in terms of some healthcare stuff, there are certain things which can only be managed in a certain way, and addiction is actually just another one of those. However, if we pretend it doesn't exist and just punish people and don't look at the recovery process, it will only get then worse. it's just about marginalising more and more people, and it will get worse. Unfortunately, so when you're punishing people and sending them to jail, a lot of people start taking drugs in jail. You go in with a coke habit and come out with a smack habit, yeah. man. Or a member or, or whatever. Or, or you meet loads of connections and then you... They teach you how to do it properly and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I think we need to keep a watching brief on this because if that soundbite persists, it, seems it then becomes a question of what are they actually doing? seems to be they're making the right noises aren't they and that's about it and do you think they're making the right noises just because they've had a report come through from them carol black saying this is what we need to do yeah mm. when was the carol black report published that was published um, let me have a look because i did towards just towards the end of last year wasn't it yep everything in there is reasonable and it makes sense in terms of addressing it but to pretend that addiction doesn't exist it's a bit like pretending that mental illness doesn't exist yeah or that motor neurone disease doesn't exist or that ms doesn't exist let them get on with it if we just pretend it doesn't exist and we don't provide treatment for it people are sink or swim they either have to pay for it or they have to sort things out themselves and we're not going to bother and addiction is the ultimate paradigm for that because it's something that doesn't fit in any other category if it's some kind of physical disability, then it's very obvious to all and sundry, this is someone who can't walk properly. If it's a mental illness, then it fits under psychiatry. If it's 
a terminal illness or a long-term illness, mm -hmm. that fits in a certain bracket. But addiction doesn't really, because you're only ill because of the booze because, and drugs. Yeah, which they're saying that you shouldn't have done in the first place because it's illegal. Well, the, the, the drug side of it. And unlike the consequences of smoking, you can recover from the consequences of alcohol mm. and drugs mm. because you can stop taking them and you can actually go into recovery and stay there. Whereas if you've reached the point where you're being treated for the consequences of smoking, you're not going to be going very far, are you? No, you're not going to last long. And I think it is the right noises, yeah, I'm just incredibly sceptical. Yeah, same. Like, all the inconsistencies that we've been looking at, man. I don't know, man. It's very easy to say... They're not doing nothing. We're going to look at recovery, not punishment. And it, yeah. And then, with stats, of course, you can make stats look however you want them to look. As a rehab, if you want to show a success rate and you want to make something look blinding, you make sure you show the success rate at nine months, not at five years. It's quite frustrating, really, isn't it? I feel like they're getting away with not doing nothing. And, and oh, I agree. Like, and it's like, no. oh, we haven't got the official numbers. They're very good at playing with numbers and giving you numbers that you want to hear in something that they may do and stuff like that, or they're looking at doing. And It's just completely messy. And at the end of the day, again, it's something that we're powerless over, isn't it? There's yeah. nothing we can do. But, but I really do hope it's not yet another policy that doesn't mean anything. Because a policy that doesn't mean anything is a hiding to nothing. And actually, whatever funding they are providing, they might as well not bother. No. It's lip service, isn't it? And if you're faced with the inconvenience of someone who reports to the government telling you you need to do this, then you've got to at least be seen to be doing something. Yeah. What have you done about this? We had a meeting the other day about it. Oh, yeah, we had a meeting. We yeah. had a cross-party meeting in Parliament. We had a nice free lunch and a couple Ooh. of bottles of claret. Yeah. And we talked about how we're going to spin to the media that we're doing something about addiction and how to make everybody believe it, even though we're not going to do anything at all. And obviously the 3.x million that we were going to spend on it, we've rejigged that. And we've, we're going to say it's a new 700 yeah. million, as opposed to the 2 billion we were going to spend. Don't forget so our budget. Don't it's forget. new money. Don't forget about that. And to spin it to the media, obviously, we need a soundbite. So we're going to spend a whole three days on consultancy fees to talk about mm. soundbites. We're then going to take <laughs> the soundbite to a private advertising agency. And we're going to pay the advertising agency lots of money to give us a nice logo. And then we're going to launch the logo with the policy and we need someone to go on only the TV programmes that are five minutes tops. We can't go on Newsnight and we can't go on Sunday morning on the BBC because they might actually ask us a question that we can't answer. <laughs> yeah, or might, that we won't answer. They might ask about those expenses that we spent buying a birdcage for the garden. <laughs> or a, a toaster. A toaster. We've <laughs> on expenses. And so we actually sent someone out to research this. We wanted to see if addiction and alcoholism were really as big a problem as people thought. So... We picked a young Kickstarter and we gave them £50,000 to go and get absolutely shit-faced for a year <laughs> and then to report back to us what had happened. Unfortunately, uh, uh, well, there were five we sent out. Uh, only three of them have come back. <laughs> one of them can't speak anymore. <laughs> and, and one of them has just come out of rehab. And one's, and the other one's, and one's crackers. 
two of them, we don't know where they are. They're still on it. So let me just clarify this, Minister. You spent £250,000 of taxpayers' money to pay (laughs) Kickstarters to go and use lots of drink and drugs. Well, that wasn't really what we intended. We were investigating addiction. Couldn't you have asked some addicts and alcoholics to explain this to you? Oh, no, no, no. They don't know what they're talking about. We do. We're in charge. And we need our version of the truth, not the real one. Yeah, that's the truth of it, man. They need their version, you know, so that they can spin on and tell to the people so it sounds this way. And, of course, it's a soundbite, because if you think about that as that headline, Ronnie, it's a Twitter soundbite. It's a Facebook soundbite. Yeah. It's a headline, isn't it? Yeah. And Some people only read the headline, don't they? That's it. Just the headline, and that's it. That's yeah. it. Oh, look, they're looking at recovery now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, if you compare an article in, I don't know, if the article's in the New Scientist, they're going to come on stock. Mm. Whereas if it's in one of the red tops, mm-hmm. the article is only a few little chunks. Yeah, of course. Which is all sound bites anyway. And then they'll pull out Karen from. Bolton or whatever and then say oh she was losing everything she was and her husband had left her and one of her kids won't speak to her and the other one's gone missing and she had to take a car in and pawn it and everything looked bleak for our Karen but then we took her to the rehab and she went to the rehab and she listened very well to someone else who was in there who we've paid to give you a detailed rundown of everything that happens in the rehab we're going to make a big show of opening something special for the rehab. We're gonna be present at something that's gonna cost us nothing, but we're gonna take all the publicity. And Karen's gonna be our poster girl for recovery, two years later. Well, we've got Stacy now, because we don't know where Karen <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> bruv, I swear to God, though, it'd make a good series, mate. Dry house life or something like that, mate. I'm telling you, you ah, could, I'm not going to pretend I, I haven't thought about it. I don't it. think it would catch on, but God, it would catch on. This shit, you'd but, watch it every week, Ronnie. Yeah, of course. I don't think it'd be viable, nor fair, or just. I think it'd be hilarious, though, because some of the shit goes off. Even the conversations, just day to day conversation, it's mad, bro. It is mad. Like, you're doing a treatment center one, you know, eight week with the cameras of what goes <clears> on in there. It, Oh, like Big Brother. Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, literally like Big Brother, mate. It'd be absolutely. I'm actually surprised they haven't done that yet. No, I'm actually surprised that the media haven't stooped that low. It wouldn't surprise me. For me, it just it jars. I don't think it'd be a good idea, man. Since I'll take it. Because let's be honest, we are calling it an illness. No, no, no. We're not calling it. It is an illness. From my experience of living in dry houses, it is hilarious at times. yeah? Yeah. But we're all very insecure people, or at least me personally, yeah, I'm yeah. insecure, I've got some shit going on, I don't want to talk about certain things, and, and I get vulnerable with some of my housemates, and, and I wouldn't want my face being plastered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's relapse material, that, bruv. Like, that's I'm going to go kill myself. They're very emotive me. environments, dry houses. Yeah. And it is an artificial environment, too, in who you end up in the house with, because they're people you might never have met. Otherwise. You get placed there, don't you? And it is a particular type of environment, and I think there's a... Certainly when we started doing this in the first place, Ronnie, we were talking about how we were going to pass on information to people who aren't addicts and alcoholics as to what you're dealing with Mm -hmm. and what it's really like. And I think the dry house experience is something that just looks like a mystery to anyone who's never been to one or been in one. It's very strange. It's just this idea that these groups of addicts and alcoholics are all housed in HMOs. I would imagine that the average person walking past Acox Green 
knows where most of those houses are, uh-huh. but doesn't necessarily know what goes on. Uh-huh. And to all intents and purposes, they may well just look like HMOs that are run by a rehab. And there's an awful lot of dry houses around that aren't really regulated, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Yes, I know. And lots. the mate, environment mate, is... you know what? They ain't dry. What you make of thinking. it. Some of them... Do you know what it is, Rob? It's like, they get more money, don't they? Mm. From from plastering a supported living thing, they get more mm. funding. Mm. Yeah, that's what it is. And then they just... Do your thing, man. Go and do your thing. And it's dark, bro. Some of them are dark, man. Like. Well, I picked up my habits from some stuff that I've never done before in what was meant to be supported accommodation. Yeah. And I went in... I, I could only afford alcohol and stuff like that. But I, and prior to that, I'd taken many substances, but I took new substances in these wet houses I'd never taken before. But this is all the more reason why there actually needs to be policy. Mm. And it's all the more evident that there isn't policy, and hopefully this is not just a soundbite about saying it's going to be recovery. Not I hope it's not, man. I really do. You because know. if you've got a policy and if you've got funding in place, then things like unregulated dry houses will cease to be the norm. Yeah. And we can only hope that something beyond a soundbite will actually happen. I'm very sceptical myself. We'll see. Oh, yes. You're approached by a journalist who offers you £10,000 to take them to a fellowship meeting where a certain celebrity is alleged to be in attendance. Do you A. Refuse without explanation. B. Refuse citing the guiding principle of anonymity. C. Take the money but take them to a different meeting. D. Do what they ask. E. Ring the other news outlets and sell a story based on what said celebrity shared off your own bat. A letter. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All of these scenarios, they depend where I'm at. <laughs> you no. know? Yeah. And the day. There is much you thought know? goes into this. Yeah, like, you know, I know what would probably be the right thing. <laughs> well, we know what the right thing is, <laughs> you know usually. What I mean? Being offered ten grand to take a journalist to a meeting. I mean, it's a bit obvious what the right thing is, isn't it? Ten grand. Nah. I'd just take it to a different meeting, innit? I can't be darkening up my fellowship, man. Fuck that, bro. I'd take him to a different meeting. Well, the first Bang thing... Bang him in a transit. Or what I would do <laughs> is I'd pre-warn the meeting what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say, look, I've got the journalist coming. Let's beat him up. They've given yeah. me 10 grand, so let's just talk something completely different, like something else, like it's a different world, and have a laugh with him and take the piss out of him. Yeah. And we'll all share the 10 grand. Ronnie, that's really sick. We'll all share that. You're getting other people to collude in your <laughs> yeah. sickness and mendacity. Yeah, definitely, mate. I was half expecting one of you to say, is it cash? It's um, <laughs> cash, isn't it? <laughs> Ten grand in used 20s yeah, in a brown really. paper envelope. <laughs> Where a certain celebrity is meant to be in attendance. Obviously, the correct answer is refuse, citing anonymity, isn't it? You know, can't do that. Definitely sexual. And yet, it would be so tempting to take the money and then go to another meeting where you knew the person wouldn't be. I'd have to go do some serious colluding, man, and, and, and I'd say yeah. And, and say, right, today we're not having a meeting, bro. we're having a barbecue. Set up a barbecue. Let's take him to a barbecue. A, a bouncy castle. Of course, Report, there's got to be a bouncy castle, yeah. Reports coming, but he doesn't know. He's going to think this is what their meeting is, so let's bring it on, and we'll all talk about how we're addicted to popping candy. Well, and then, <laughs> said reporter, he or she is going to write an article for a, a Sunday magazine about this is what they do in AA 
and there's a picture of Ronnie bouncing on his bouncy <laughs> castle with a freaking hot dog in his hand. <laughs> yeah, but then we can like. Um, I'd probably, you know. At which it, point AA is approached for comment. Of course, we can't comment on things in the media. I think I do some serious colluding, man, and I'd speak to my sponsor. That's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the logical thing in the first yeah. place isn't it I would agree to it tip the 10 grand and then call in sick I'll say I'm sick no 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 oh, you, you agree to it yeah take the 10 grand right and then just deny everything don't know what you're on about mate you give it to me cash you don't give me no transfer I don't know what you're on about mm. in a bit never seen you before bro. who are I haven't you? got a clue you know what, what you're talking about what, what is a 12 step fellowship <laughs> you know what I mean? it is fraught with danger though of course because some of the stuff that so called journalists do I remember way back when we actually had things in school and some of the tricks that journalists tried to pull really were really really not on because on the one hand I would do my damnedest to keep any sniff for journalist out of a meeting because there are vulnerable people in there as well as people who might happen to have a public profile for whatever reason there's a reason why some people are less bothered about their anonymity I'm not bothered about mine because mm. work here yeah, yeah, but I know people who are very precise about not disclosing it because of what they do, mm-hmm. and they'd be shooting themselves in the foot to do it. Mm. And there are some celebrities who are very open about being in recovery. There are other celebs who are in long-term recovery but have never ever said so in the media. Yeah. And the only people that know is the people that've seen them in meetings. And you've got that potential flood. The floodgates are open if you let a journalist into a 12-step meeting, really. It's just a no-go. And you get someone who's not very well and they start mouthing off. You get someone else who's drunk. You get someone else telling a horror story. And before you know it, it's all in the paper and it's a series of articles. It's just a no-go, isn't it, man? It is a no-go. You can't do it. There'll be war. Our reasoning with journalists always at school was obviously safeguarding because that's first and foremost. We we can't have it. And when we discovered various tricks they tried to pull we had to go by the police in the end I'd say right I don't want you 10 grand well, give me 5 grand and I won't tell I won't report you to try and get into an AA meeting the lesser of two evils in it mm. <laughs> I just be like look nah seriously man all jokes aside you're doing the fellowship dirty you know, I it, wouldn't man? do it because you get so much more from the I'm fellowship I'm surprised if it hasn't happened though you know I mean? I'm sure people have tried, but I'm sure I'm sure journalists have gone in and pretended to be newcomers yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open meetings, you see it turn up. That is a point, isn't it? I mean, well, usually an open meeting means that someone has brought a non-alcoholic or yeah. non-addict from their family, mm. and usually you would call an open meeting when there's a newcomer in the room. But newcomers, if you think about it, when they walk into a meeting. We have no idea who they are or where they've come from no. if we've not seen them before. No, exactly. They could be a High Court judge no, or they not. could be on the FBI most wanted list. Yeah. I don't know. We had this new guy come in last night. He could have come from anywhere. Uh-huh. If it's someone with a public profile, yeah, we know. But One of my regulars, there's some, been some, yeah, some characters in there, trust me. Yeah, you get, it's so easy to accidentally say, well, yeah, I think he said this the other day. And so, hang on a minute. You're not supposed to be saying that. Principles are, are very important, and it's practicing these principles in all my affairs. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not going to manipulate, and I'm not going to do things that are damaging. I'm certainly not going to shit on my own doorstep and do it uh, so where it's a meeting. Manipulate is a 
massive thing to try and control, isn't it? Though? And yeah, if you've drunk away your house and all your possessions and suddenly you're going to a meeting and you can barely afford a burger when you go to Ronnie's Bouncy <laughs> Castle thing. No, oh, it's all free. You can't make profit, can you? And what? You mean you're not charging people? Uh, we're free. Free, free, free. Where's your budget coming from? The government? Is this part of their new strategy? Focus on treatment, not punishment. We're going to pay for bouncy castles and hot dogs for AA. No, I'd get somebody to donate the bouncy castle and the food, and I'd just charge two fifty on the door each. <laughs> two fifty on the door. Practice these principles in all my affairs. Right, and secondly for this week, you are running the budget for a rehab fundraiser, but you've mismanaged your own money and urgently need £500. Do you A, borrow the 500 from the pot with the intention of replacing it next month before the fundraiser ends? B, take it out of the pot, redo the account so that no one's any the wiser? C, go to your employer and ask for an advance on salary? D, go to the bank and ask for a temporary overdraft? Or E, Go and get drunk, because then everything will go away. Back in the day, it would be D. It'd be E, bro. E. My default was always E. Mm. I'd just go and get drunk, and it'll go away. E, mate, that was always... A lot of the time, I would use, so then I can be in a better place to do it, in my my noggin. I would use, and then come up with these brilliant ideas that are not so brilliant. I'd try them all, mate. That's what I'd do. I'd be active addiction and mm. that. I'd try everything to not take out of the fund. Mm. I'd go and try the bank. I'd go and try borrowing money. I'd go do this. I'd overdraft. I'd try it all. But if worse came to worse, I wasn't having it. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't even bother with the account. I'd just be like, what? What I, mean? I found not... was that my options disappeared. The overdraft stopped being an option. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I didn't have a means of getting money quickly. I know I was running out of things to sell at crack converters. And therefore, this idea of being able to fiddle the account slightly over 500 quid, I'd have to be sober to not do it. If I'd been under the influence, yeah, I know what you mean. I'd have tried not to. However, give me the option, I think I can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably go and get drunk and hope it'd all go away, and then it was all there in the morning. I'd just make a snap decision, right, do the account there and there. If I was sober, I knew I shouldn't do it, I'd, I'd like trick myself into getting wrecked so that my inhibitions have gone mate yeah, and I yeah, can yeah. just do it and do exactly that it's the same as I would get smashed when I knew I was in trouble and then I'd cancel on my direct debit I'd speak to the bank and say I don't know how this has happened and claim that it wasn't me that had done it and then I'd ring up all the places that I'd cancelled it with and said there's been a bank error can we set them for next month instead and yeah. buy a couple of weeks and of course the price on certain things would keep going up and yeah, up and up because yeah. I wasn't paying it. It's horrible. And eventually I'd leave the place I was at with a bill of 250 on the water and whatever on the gas. I eventually paid it all off. I oh. paid off about 1,500 in 2018 yeah. of bills that i just run up at various places. Yeah, it was a terrible time I remember getting into a... Not just stopping paying my... I had to make the decision. I didn't make the decision. I had no choice. I just could not pay certain things like credit cards, mortgages and loans and you know, gas, electrical water, it just stopped. And it was so frightening. You know, sending the letters in and the nice letters at first, oh you've missed yeah. the payment, I'm sure this is an oversight on your behalf. And yeah. Then, it's always know, an oversight the first time. Yeah, and then the second one before you know it, you bang you've got the credit 
the Within first. three months, it's the red lettering, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah. I remember yeah, the, red, the red numbers. I remember once a certain credit card company was calling me, and I went, I went ballistic. I said, what? I was effing and blowing, and I've got no effing money. You ain't going to get no out of me. Stop calling. The irony for me was that when I did get in a lot of trouble with the credit cards, and I was very fortunate in that I managed to sell the house before I lost it, and that meant that there was sufficient funds in the sale to pay off the credit cards. But prior to that, I'd been at my first proper attempt at rehab, and someone had defrauded my MasterCard to the tune of an awful lot of money. And because I was in there, the support worker got hold of where I'd been in detox, established that I'd been in the building when these transactions took place, evidenced it up, called up MasterCard, said, well, he can't pay now because we've got him in treatment. So they put a block on payments. They didn't charge me anything. Mm -hmm. And all the fraud got written off Mm. because this guy put it all together and it was evident that it couldn't possibly have been me using the card at that time because I was in hospital. And yet I'd never have got round to doing that myself. I'd have just let it roll and got another card. Crazy, isn't it, man? Our attitude to money has to change. Recovery. Yeah, mine, mine's definitely changed. I've, they, they've the companies which I never paid off, and they wrote, wrote the debt off. I've now got credit cards with again. They, Have you? Yeah, and they were aware of the last situation. And they said, How are you going to? Because you said you couldn't do it last time, how are you going to do it this time? I said, Well, I'm 18 months over now. What are you doing with credit cards? I'm trying to. Dangerous! It, just to improve my credit rating. Well, I can see that. Paying your mobile phone bills an yeah. incredibly useful way of raising your credit rating. Yeah. You know. Have you seen them aqua cards? Yeah, yeah. They're only 250 quid credit card. They're only allowed 250 quid. Well, I might even just get 150, man. Yeah, if you just, just pay keep... my food on it, brother, and then every month, bang. Yeah. If you've just got one and you don't even spend on it, it's good because it shows us, you know, you've got available credit that you're not having to use. And I think the attitude to money, I mean, those two really show it up, don't they? they you, do. You've first turned up, done a few meetings, you're skint. You've got everyone breathing down your neck and you get off a 10 grand. It would be very tempting yeah. to just say, yeah, why not? All and similarly, it's only 500 quid. This money doesn't belong to anyone. Mm. No one's going to know because we've made more than we need already. And all this mad justification. Yeah, I deserve this money because mm. I've done all this fundraising. Fucking crazy. That's my commission, it? isn't it? <laughs> It's Spark Commission. That's sick. The idea that you can take a commission off fundraising. Well, if I didn't do the work, there wouldn't be none there at all in the first place, would there? Oh, dear. I think there's a slightly sick head going on there, Ronnie. I've told you I woke up groggy this morning. Yeah, but however, this is the important thing, that we are able to express those things. Yeah. Because that is how we think. And in the same way as you've woken up and feeling a bit groggy, we all have days where we've got our sick head on, not our recovery head on. Mm. And they're questions like these, these moral dilemma questions, I would probably come up with a different answer on any given day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you said, didn't you, mate? Depending on where I'm at. Where yeah. you're at. And it would be truthful as well. Oh, absolutely, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, all of them scenarios, especially in active addiction, man. Anyway, we have exhausted the length and breadth of another programme. Yes, we have indeed. And it was number 60 today. Jeez. And it was number 60 today. Another benchmark. 
It was indeed. I'm not quite sure what that means. It means a year and almost two but months. You, but Richard, you messed it up, didn't you, by doing a... a oh no, we had a 14A and, and an 18X, yeah. didn't we, and, and whatever. There were various extras that I put in there. I'm not quite sure why. Anyway, if you've heard anything that's resonated with you concerning your own experience or that of someone close to you, then please don't hesitate to look for help. There is plenty of help out there. And while we may talk about the sound bites coming from the government and about the fact that sometimes treatment has to be paid for, there is always someone at the end of the phone. Always. And there are options, you just have to find them. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at podcastofchangesuk.org or email. You can find us at Flat Out Recovery on Twitter and on Facebook. So have a lovely week and we'll be with you again soon. Toodle peeps. Thank you.